Friends, the Winnipeg Jets are just heading into the back half of their season. And of course, with just a few more games before the All-Star break, the Jets need to take care of business. And it starts first off with the Nashville Predators. We'll take a look at how the Jets might wrap up against this opponent and what I expect would, you know, should be a win for the Jets and some things that, you know, maybe uh, give you some some pause and, and moments of concern as the Jets are trying to squeeze every last point out of this road trip. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said on tonight's episode, uh, we are going to be diving into Winnipeg's upcoming game against the Nashville Predators. Who should we watch out for? What I expect to happen? And some bigger trends that we're noticing over the past few weeks with the Jets. Some things good, some things maybe, you know, uh, signs of improvement, right? Before we dive into that, though, I just wanted to shout out one of our special, very awesome partners, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, circling back to the Nashville Predators, obviously this hasn't exactly been a season for them to remember. They're 22, 18, and 6, good for 5th in the Central. Uh, they're sporting a negative goal differential. You're looking at this team, not a lot of offense. Past few games, they've been getting by. In fact, they're 6-4 and four in their last 10, which... Um, in, in NHL terms is pretty darn good, right? That's a relatively decent run for like a, a playoff pace, but it's not exactly setting the world alight. This is a team that by and large is, is on the more mediocre side. I don't think the Preds are bad necessarily, but I think in terms of what we might describe as top and contenders and teams that are actually serious about the playoffs, this is not a squad that I've really kept my eye on. I tend to think the Preds are one of those teams that's kind of like where the Blues are, maybe even the Wild at times. You know, they've got some really strong talent. There are a couple of really good players. But overall, you just kind of walk away feeling very underwhelmed by all of it, right? The Preds have spent years trying to somehow stay competitive. And for the most part, you know, Dave Poyle in the front office haven't really been able to recapture the magic uh, of, you know, several years ago when they made that Stanley Cup Finals run. Ever since that team... Nashville's kind of been either on a decline or or just sort of holding steady at best, and it's not a good study. It's mediocre and and uh, unexciting. And then to see Eli Tovanen, you know, get picked up off of waivers by Seattle, you know, Tovanen was at one point heralded as one of Nashville's biggest prospects. He doesn't pan out because he doesn't really get a shot in Nashville, goes off to the Kraken, and is immediately contributing goals and points. So, 
yeah, this Preds team doesn't have a lot of margin for error. And when you look at their scoring uh, splits this year, you do notice a couple of very major trends. The first is that past like the first couple of star players, this team does not have a lot. Uh, their top scorer, of course, is Philip Forsberg, which is not surprising. Forsberg recently extended. He is their breadwinner. And could you imagine anyone else being their top scorer? Well, actually, uh, Roman Yossi is tied with him for uh, the, the team lead in points. Both have 39. And, you know, they've been instrumental players for this team for many years. Both of these guys are kind of like the cornerstone of this offense. But not far behind them is Matt Duchesne. Uh, Duchesne obviously is one of those players that I think in a lot of ways is is good. I, I think he's like a really solid, you know, top six center. Maybe not the kind of guy that you want as like your lead number one, but as uh, a, a player who's been eating minutes, who's been contributing offensively pretty effectively, and who's just generally done the job for the Preds, Duchesne is kind of that guy. Uh, but, you know, you start going down the list and you start to realize after Duchesne, it drops off a lot. You're looking at Gronland, Johansson, Niederreiter. Niederreiter, I thought, would kind of pan out better, but it seems like his start to the season um, and to his Preds career has been okay. Uh, you know, about a half a point per game pace, but not exactly what I was expecting from him. I thought Nino would maybe finish a few more opportunities, uh, which is kind of funny because he's shooting 12%, but he's not really generating many shots himself. And that's kind of, un uh, or he's, he's kind of unusual. Um, he's got like a hundred shots or so, which is good. But for a guy that I think could honestly probably have 30 goals a season, if he was in the right positions, Maybe you'd like to take a few more opportunities himself. Um, but, you know, after that, you're starting to realize, you know, it's it's down to Parsonen, Ekholm, Sissons, Glass. I mean, a lot of these guys, these are mostly middle six to depth players. Uh, Ekholm, obviously, at one point was one of the best defenders in the NHL. These days, you know, age is catching up a little bit. Glass has kind of been up and down. Uh, Sissons and Parsonen are, are both players that probably are decent, you know, guys that you might swap in and out of your lineup. You're not, you're not really expecting them to be, you know, major, major pieces to build around. Uh, Tanner this year, but generally at this team, and there's not a lot offensively going on. A lot of, I guess, the victories are coming off of the backs of the goaltending, which, you know, Lankanen and Saros have been really good in net. Apologies, we just cut out there. I was just saying, you know, you look at this this team's lack of offense and a lot of the Pred success is coming from the goaltending. So I think the Jets have a very clear opportunity here. Uh, Winnipeg should be able to get both points. I think we've seen how good this team can be on the road. Past couple of weeks have generally been pretty profitable for Winnipeg, and they're finally getting away from the Eastern Conference, which that was a very difficult road test. Uh, and in general, I think the Jets did pretty well on that trip. But, you know, a couple of, of moments here and there where maybe they aren't so happy. But, I mean, it is what it is. The Habs and Leafs games, I'm sure the Jets would love to burn the tape from those and forget they happened. But, uh, you know, you move on. You kind of get a couple of wins against the Yotes and then the Flyers uh, and the Sens. And, and things are kind of back on track. So Winnipeg very much in the mix uh, and really trying to maintain their top of the division uh, lead. Obviously, the Stars have just uh, taken a one-point lead, but Winnipeg, I'm sure, will be fighting for that one to get it right back in this game. Now, of course, like I said, obviously the Jets have had 
a couple of things that I've noticed over the past few weeks, and we'll talk about what uh, I would say is is a good thing and, and maybe some things that are notes of concern for the rest of the season. We'll dive right into that in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I don't want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, it's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today to get started with $150 in free bets, guaranteed, when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, and FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parley. Now, of course, this week, obviously, uh, I think the Jets have a good opportunity to get maybe six, five to six points out of their four games. So if you want to place bets on maybe this game against the Preds, uh, one against the Sabres upcoming later this week, You've got plenty of opportunities. I think the Blues game is also one that's a reasonable bet in favor of the Jets. So might be some easy money for you. I mean, the Jets are second in the division. Things are going pretty smoothly. And Winnipeg will have home ice advantage for at least a couple of these games. So be sure to check that out because, again, FanDuel is a fantastic platform. It's it's on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And, of course, for football fans among you, don't miss out right now because you can place your $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. We are just uh, continuing our conversation about the Jets and some trends from the past couple of weeks that I think are are worth spotlighting. Uh, The first trend that I think I want to really identify is how good this team has been since Ehlers has come back. Ever since the Jets regained Nick's services, they've gone from like a middle-of-the-pack expected goals team, which is decent for where the Jets used to be, to one of the top 10 in in game performances. I think the game against the uh, the Leafs was a really good illustration of how fast and dangerous the Jets are when Ehlers is in. Uh, and of course, the the top six saw a reconfigured unit uh, against, was it the Flyers, I think, and the Sens. And, you know, these, these top six units ended up really clicking along. Uh, Connor, Dubois, and Perfetti were good. Um, I, you know, the Shifley and Wheeler combo, sometimes you, you, you sort of wonder. We saw Perfetti, um, Dubois, and Wheeler, I think, at one point. Basically, you know, the lines pretty consistently jumble, but you find different combos that sort of work for you. Maybe sometimes you sub in Ehlers on one of these uh, top six lines. But I think the biggest thing is that Nick coming back is a huge boost for this team. Uh, Obviously, Ehlers is is our breadwinner. And, you know, when it comes to players who are excellent in transition, who create, uh, you know, something from nothing, Nick is consistently one of those players that I look at as a guy who is that kind of special. In terms of trends that I think are, are maybe not as positive, uh, for one thing, Hellebuck is kind of going through a stretch where he's a little more mortal, and I don't really want to say this is a bad thing, right? You expect him to be human at some point. I mean, Hellebuck can only save a, a ridiculous amount of chances uh, consecutively before he's going to concede a couple of greasy ones. And the past couple of games, he's had a few softies that I think by his standards he wouldn't be happy with. Most other goaltenders, he'd probably be like, yeah, that's pretty fair. But with Hellebuck, we've come to expect this stupendous and marvelous, and he's been a little bit below that. But am I worried about it right now? No. I think it's it's a point of concern insofar as the Jets just really lean on Hellebuck. So, you know, with Ehlers back, you're hoping that 
they punch goals in, uh, they continue to perform at or above expectations, and they can make sure that if Hellebuck has maybe a more human stretch, the rest of the Jets team is fine. Unfortunately, not every part of the Jets skaters have performed exactly as how you'd want them to. I think for one thing, we look at the power play, and for the most part, it's been decent recently, but it feels like it could be better somehow. I, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe the puck movement is a little slow. Maybe some of the zone entries and who they're choosing to have uh, you know, those zone entries being facilitated by hasn't been ideal. Maybe the Jets are occasionally turning it over for counters, uh, shorthanded opportunities, different stuff like that, details, plays that I think are really important. Um, I, I think the Jets' power play has certainly gotten better since Ehlers has returned, but still some things that I think the Jets could work on. I would also say that the defense at times when Pionk is on the ice it's it's a hot mess, right? Neil is is kind of sinking every pairing, and I don't really know how the Jets can really manage him. I think the team really likes him, and I think in a lot of ways, you know, his style of game, which is very physically involved, somebody who's very visually active and working hard, you get why the Jets really appreciate him. And sometimes he contributes some really great points, a couple of really good shots that have been deflected for goals or uh, a couple of shots that he's had himself that have turned into goals. But you look at the defensive game, you look at his turnovers under pressure or even, you know, away from pressure, and it's just not been good enough this season. Uh, his defensive reads have been slow. Uh, he he just seems frustrated and like he's not reading stuff in time to get into those passing and shooting lanes. And so that version of Pionk that we saw in the North Division just feels like it's kind of gone away. And it's a shame because I think in terms of players who I, I've said before, I find really accountable and really honest. Pionk's always been that guy. I mean, he's a player that honestly, I would have been comfortable giving a letter to uh, on that shoulder patch. I think he's a guy who is very stand up. I think in terms of the locker room, he's very respected. And he's always been, you know, one of the first Jets players to self-analyze, self-criticize and be very frank in his assessment of himself which, you know, last year he, he said his performance was embarrassing. So I can't imagine that he feels great about this year, but the team winning has kind of masked a lot of that. So um, <clears throat> I think in terms of his own performance, I think he he would like to do some things better. But, you know, for the time being, Bones really trusts him. Uh, it, it'd just be good if the Jets can figure out a way to maybe find him a pairing partner who can kind of carry and, and cover some of his defensive lapses. So far, nobody's on the, you know, nobody on the Jets has been able to do that, but maybe they acquire somebody in a trade that ends up working out for him. That's all you can hope for because Pionk can certainly be very active offensively and he's got some really great skating and, and shooting and vision. It's just the rest of his game that's kind of fallen more than a little bit short this year. But, you know, we've talked about it before. Um, it's, it's, it's a thing that the Jets are just going to have to deal with. And I'm sure that, you know, the trade option is probably not something that they are considering right now. In just a little bit, we'll continue talking about some trends and things that I'm looking for as we enter maybe the next few weeks. Uh, you know, maybe some things that, uh, post all-star break, the Jets should really be focused on. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a boost for my immune system, especially as we're going through the fall and winter months. Obviously, this is a time when plenty of infections and viruses are running around, so it's really important to fortify your immune system. If you're wondering what AG1 is, 
is just one delicious scoop uh, where you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens all stirred together in a glass of water. It's very easy. It gets your day started right. And best of all, it's lifestyle friendly, whether you're on a keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free diet. And it's also, you know, got less than one gram of sugar. It tastes great. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial flavorings and sweeteners. This is stuff that's supposed to really give you a boost without adding all of these stuff that you don't want, right? And, you know, it costs less than $3 a day, which is better than that cold brew habit. And with over 7,000 five-star reviews, just trust the words of others. You'll love AG1 like I do. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look at for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Just wanted to wrap up real quick with some final thoughts on trends I've noticed with the Jets recently and some things that maybe Winnipeg will want to focus on after the All-Star break. I think one of the big ones is the Jets really want to work on that bottom six unit. The top six is decent for now, right? It's doing a pretty good job of carrying uh, the offensive burden, but I think the bottom six it's got a couple of players who haven't really been, I would say, holding up their end of the bargain. Saku Manalainen, I, I feel, has been really disappointing, relatively speaking. Uh, Saku, I, I had high hopes for. Didn't really feel like he ended up being the kind of player that I thought he was after you know, the preseason camp. You know, I thought he would be really good on the forecheck. Thought he would be offensively ambitious, maybe even collecting himself some nice points. But every time the puck kind of gets to Saku, it feels like the plate dies a little bit. Uh, his puck management and zone transition stuff, it's not really working the way it should. So uh, Manalainen probably would be better off going with the Moose or something as you know a really big boost for them throughout their season because they've lost a number of players to call-ups and stuff. Uh, I would also say that, um, well, I don't know. Kevin Stenland, Axel Janssen-Fialbi, they've done an all right job, I, I suppose, but you're probably looking for like a little bit of an extra skill set heading into the postseason, especially once the Jets, you know, say they they make it through the West, right? Maybe they get into the Stanley Cup final somehow, right? Waiting at the end of that is probably the Boston Bruins, and that's even if they make it all that way. Reality is the Jets probably will fall in the second or so round if they get through the first, but uh, I, I think Winnipeg certainly wants to boost that bottom six, find some really good, you know, middle six talent, and... <clears throat> Give this team that charge of offense. As it is, this team is in a pretty decent spot, but you know, you're just looking for a little bit more of an offensive charge and, and something to help balance out the top nine. I think Bones would love to have three lines that he could run evenly, and it would also give him some more defensive options if he wants to try and shell up and protect a lead, which I don't always advocate for, but you know, comparatively speaking, when Bones shells, he usually adapts pretty well to uh, changing conditions, especially if it's not working. But for the most part, you know, the Jets have been on the up and up this year. I think Winnipeg has done a pretty good job. It's just kind of <clears throat> working on the details. I think the power play is one that could improve, especially the second unit. 
Uh, I would like to see maybe some thought given to uh, swapping the bottom six around a little bit, maybe a, a, a switch in roles and things like that. And ultimately, maybe a few more starts for Riddick, especially if Hellebuck at any point is tiring out. You want to make sure Helly is rested and protected. That's one of the biggest things, uh, especially because Helly will be most likely, uh, you know, one of the MVPs of Winnipeg's playoff run, no matter how far they get. So something to keep an eye on. But, you know, I, I think for the most part, the Jets are in good straights so far. Just keep it up. Keep on the pressure and start to prepare for the trade deadline. Let me know your thoughts on how the Jets are doing and what you think the Jets should be doing or what they should change. Drop them in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. As always, we will be back tomorrow with hopefully some coverage on the upcoming game against the Preds and maybe even a preview into the next game. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.